In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Beloved Orthodox Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, <coughs> we heard in today's Gospel, according to St. Luke, concerning the healing of a woman who had been stooped down, couldn't look up to the heaven, or even look somebody in uh, his face for all 18 years, and how our Savior wrought this miracle uh, having compassion on this woman in on a Sabbath day in a synagogue, and how hypocritically the rabbi, the, uh, the ruler of the synagogue, had criticized our Savior, and how our Savior responded him wisely in upbraiding him of his hypocrisy. Now, this is not the only time that our Savior healed on the Sabbath day, because we see that in case of the blind man, he was also healed on the Sabbath day. The one who was a paralytic in the Solomon's porch, he was also healed on the Sabbath day. And it seems that when we read in the Holy Gospels, this is as our Savior is, is trying to provoke those who were the rulers of the synagogue of that time by healing precisely on the Sabbath day. And why does he do that? Why did our Savior do that specifically on the Sabbath day? In this case, of course, he was in the synagogue preaching on the Sabbath day. But other cases, it was not any specific day that was necessary to heal, but he healed it for him, the, those people on the Sabbath day. He does that, beloved Christians, in order to expose the deeply flawed way in which the rulers of, that, of the temple in Jerusalem, the Pharisees, the scribes, and the rulers were interpreting the law and the deeply perverted way in which they were teaching the keeping of the law. For we know that one thing is to break the commandment. Break the commandment means when one sins, when one puts his own will over the will of God, doing what is his own will at the expense of the will of God. And that is breaking the commandment, that is sinning. But there is something else entirely what we call perverting the law. And what is perverting the law? It is when we do the same thing when we sin, but we cover it up by twisting the meaning of the law in order to rationalize, in order to justify our iniquity. So outwardly, we keep the letter of the law by twisting the meaning, but inwardly, we entirely break the spirit of the law. And this second kind of breaking of the law, the perversion of the law, the overturning of the law, is far worse than the first one, the breaking of the law. Because when one breaks the law, one sins openly, he's convicted by people who see it, and himself, there is nowhere to hide. But when one perverts the law, when somebody uh, twists the meaning of the scriptures, of the commandments, in order to justify, rationalize his own sin, then that is deep delusion. A person himself cannot many times understand how much he has twisted the meaning of the law. And not only is he deluded, but he also deludes others in following this perverted way of keeping the commandments. And the Pharisees and scribes were experts at this. That is why we hear very little of our Savior braiding the sinners, the publicans, the prostitutes. Yes, of course they were sinning, and of course they were sinners, and our Savior had nothing uh, in common that is apart from teaching them to correct themselves. But we hear very little in the Holy Gospels concerning him upbraiding them. But we have passages upon passages of our Savior criticizing and upbraiding and uh, exposing the Pharisees and their perversion of the law. How he goes 
one after another condemning them as vipers and brood of vipers and people that had entirely perverted the law and by their own teachings, that is by twisting the teaching of the law, they had entirely made of non avail the law of God. That is how much more dangerous it is, the perversion of the law rather than breaking of the law. Both are bad, but one is far more dangerous than the other. And what was the perversion of the law in case of the Sabbath? In case of the Sabbath day, the Pharisees and scribes, as seen in this uh, rabbi's logic, uh, said that one should rest on Sabbath day, but rest even from good works. That is perversion of the law. Because when Moses was given by our Savior Mount Sinai the law, He was given the law of keeping the Sabbath, of honoring the Sabbath, not simply resting, but it says you shall sanctify the seventh day. Not simply rest on the seventh day, but sanctify it. What does it mean? How do we sanctify something? How do we sanctify a day? By keeping especially on that day God's commandments, by especially dedicating ourselves to doing good. Therefore, see how the perverted way of the law was that to see only one part of the commandment of thou shalt rest. But rest from what? From doing good? To being compassionate? To helping somebody who is in need? No, of course not. And that because by doing so, by keeping this way, they were breaking the law of sanctifying the Sabbath day. And that is what our Savior is abrading them for, that they were twisting the meaning of the keeping of the Sabbath day. And what does, as I said, what does sanctify mean? To especially keep on the day God's commandments and not to hide behind our piety and forget those who are in need when they ask. Not to say that I'm too occupied with doing holy things and have no time to give somebody charity when he needs, to help somebody who is in need. And the Pharisees themselves were doing this with their own cattle, with the ass and the donkey and the cow. And that's where the hypocrisy was most revealed, that instinctively they were doing it to their own in their own household. But they were teaching something else entirely to the people, that it is a sin to do even good on the Sabbath day, because by that we break of not doing anything not doing anything bad, not doing anything worldly, not doing anything for our profit, yes, but to do God's commandments, there is no holiday from that. A special feast days and and Sabbaths are specially dedicated that we should keep God's commandments with special care on those days. And this logic applies to us as well, beloved Christians. For the summing, the sum of the whole law, as we see our Savior say himself in the Holy Gospels, is to do to one's neighbor good. That in that contain, is contained the whole of the law and the prophets. Therefore, if we forget to do that on the Sabbath day, then we are breaking the whole law. We are breaking the whole prophets. That applies to them, the Pharisees who did that at at that time, and to us as well. Because when we keep the Sunday and the feast day, for those are the Sabbath days of the New Testament, let us not hide behind uh, piety falsely when there is need to be reconciled with somebody, when there is need to console somebody, when there is need to really give a helping hand to somebody. And this is not 
uh, I who says that, but the Gospels, but proven by the Holy Fathers of the desert even. Abba Anthony, who was a hermit, who was somebody who had lived in the desert, in the desert of, of, of Egypt, the first among the monastics. What does he say? In a, one beautiful saying, he says, recording in the sayings of the desert fathers, that upon our neighbor depends our standing and our falling. And when they asked him, what do you mean by this, Abba? He said that depending on our relationship with our neighbor, we will either stand upright in the sight of God or will be fallen in condemnation. Therefore, as or pleasing God goes through our neighbor, there is no such a way as ignoring the needs of our neighbor as thinking that at the same time we can stand upright with God. And uh, St. John Climacus, another great instructor of monasticism, he's asked one question in, in the book of the Ladder of the Divine Ascent, a very pertinent to us as well. One of the brethren ask him, asks him that, what should one do when one is at prayer and somebody asks for help, for example? Not something urgently life-threatening, but a help to give a helping hand. And St. John, surprising to too many, who was... Uh, says that one should abandon his prayer and go and help. Because by helping that person, even against a, when we are wanted to do something holy, that will be accepted as prayer by God. But if we ignore the uh, rule of the, the law of love, of giving up what even what we desire is good, and reject uh, the, the plea of somebody to help us. And we think that uh, by that, dedicating ourselves at the expense of our brother, our prayer will be accepted, we are gravely mistaken. So we lose out on both. Neither do we show love to our neighbor, and neither is a prayer accepted. But if we truly put aside for a moment even those holy moments of prayer, because somebody has asked us to help him, that will be accepted both as the fulfillment of the law of love and as prayer, as incense uh, in the in sight of God. And many other instances. So if the hermits and the great fathers of the desert put so much emphasis on us being dependent, our salvation dependent on fulfilling this law, law of love, of compassion, of that being the key to our salvation, how much more we who live in the world shouldn't hide behind piety, behind prayer, behind fasting, and ignore what our conscience tells us, that we should mend with our neighbor. When there is need to help, to help. When there is need to be reconciled, reconciled. When there is need to console, when there is need to visit the sick, when there is visit to visit the prisoners, and so forth, to do that first. And that will, be, that will give us so much more boldness in our prayers, that afterwards our prayer life will be redoubled, rekindled. That's how important it is uh, to how we should keep the feasts, how we should keep the, uh, the Sundays. This is the true keeping of the Sabbath, by keeping especially on the Sabbath days, which is uh, Sundays and feast days, the law of love, the law of keeping the commandments, especially on those, on those days. Today, we celebrate a very special saint, Joasaf uh, of Belgorod, who was a saint that lived in the 18th century in Russia. And there is one small detail I want to mention from his life, which is very much connected with one practice that we have at the monastery. Our elder, after hearing his life, 
adopted the practice of crossing himself every time he would hear the clock chime. Every hour there was a chime on the clock, he would cross himself. And he got that from the life of St. Joseph of Belgorod. And why, why, what did the saint do? When he heard the clock chime, at that moment in his heart, he would pronounce the prayer, Blessed is that hour, my Savior, when you became man for us. And when you were crucified, rose and ascended and sat at the right hand of God the Father for our salvation. So this man used even a small detail of life, like hearing the chime of the clock, to sanctify not only the day but the hour as well. And to remind himself that at a certain hour, a certain time, 2,000 years ago, God did this marvelous miracle for us, that he became man for us. And by crossing himself and saying this prayer, he reminded every hour of this great mystery of God's incarnation. And our elder loved it so much, this little detail, that he would cross himself every time when the clock chimed. And we tried to follow the same example in the monastery. So when you, see, when you come and see us crossing ourselves at the chiming of the clock, you should understand the meaning of it. And we see how the saints give us example of really taking smallest things in this life, the most simplest thing, and directing them for the benefit of our salvation, of channeling them so that our life will be in every way encompassed with things that are holy, things that are wholesome, things that really uh, boost our desire for salvation. For smallest things in accumulation of small things, Abayisak says, is wise people fight small battles and they don't need to fight bigger battles because they've already won the preliminary war and there is no need for a greater battle to, to be won. Therefore, that's how the wise the uh, saints were. They both cut down at the root when the struggle, when the passions were small and the temptations were yet in infancy and they also used even the smallest things. Uh, uh, neutral things even, things that do not really are not necessarily related to our salvation, but are part of our daily life in order to use even the smallest things for our salvation. Let us heed to them, beloved Christians, both to the words of our Savior and, the, and what I said about St. Anthony and other saints of how we should be sanctifying the, the, the feasts of by keeping the, the law of love, of not hiding behind our uh, uh, piety uh, in order to do good and never resting from doing good uh, and uh, also this little small detail from the life of Saint Joseph and may uh, we be saved by their prayers and by the mercy of our Savior. Amen. Amen.